What's up, you pieces of shit? It's your boy, Kyle Conkeel. Listen, it. I just realized that, you know, maybe some people who listen to this podcast don't really know me in that kind of way. And maybe that was a little jarring, but I'm sorry. Everything I say, I never take myself too seriously. Everything I say is a joke, for the most part. So, if you're just tuning in and you heard me call you a piece of shit, and you turned it off, you're going to miss out on a really fun, lighthearted episode of the podcast with my buddy, bass player extraordinaire, Mr. Mark Michelle. Mark is the former bass player of Scale the Summit, bass player for Watermox, and creator, founder, publisher of Low End University. And like I said, I promise you guys some more lighthearted episodes where it's not really getting too crazy political or controversial subjects. This is the one. This is the one you guys want, I think. I don't know. Maybe you like that other bullshit that I've been doing for the last few weeks. But maybe you don't. If you're looking for a more lighthearted episode, this is the one. I really enjoyed this talk with Mark. He's a super talented, super great guy. And uh, please go follow him. And being a pile of crap, I don't remember. I don't. It's always just at Mark Michelle on Instagram. M-I-C-H-E-L-L. So go follow Mark Michelle. Follow him on Twitch, Low End University, all that fun stuff. Here's my conversation with Mark Michelle. It is recording. Mark, Michelle, how are you, buddy? Pretty good. Just a rainy day here in Louisiana. How about you? It is, uh, it's about 90 degrees here in Southern California right now. I would love a rainy day because we have all those fires. Like we have the, uh, the Bobcat fire and then we have like the San Gabriel fire going on right now, which the San Gabriel fire, for those of you who don't know, was started by a gender reveal party. That's, that's 2020 for you, man. <laughs> and that's a weird headline. Two things to go together. Yeah, we're, you know, you guys are getting the fires, we're getting all the hurricanes. I feel like every week there's a wake up tropical storm hitting in two days, you know, expect six inches of rain. So it's, that's kind of our season here. So you're in Louisiana. Why did I think you were in Nashville for some reason? Uh, probably, I, you know, back when uh, my, my band Watermocks, we were up there a lot, probably last couple of years. So I posted about it a lot, but yeah, I, I was born and raised here in Louisiana, uh, Shreveport. It's Oh, Shreveport. Yeah, I know know Shreveport. You know where Shreveport is. Yeah, we played that little venue that's like down the street from the casino. Like kind of, uh, uh, it's like, what is it called? It's like, it's like a brick building. Yeah, the warehouse. Yeah, the warehouse. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With what band? Uh, We did a headline show there with Scar the Martyr. It was us, Butcher Babies, and Eyes Set to Kill. And what year was that? 2013 I'm gonna assume within this moment no 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 with scar the martyr oh oh okay wow yeah before I'll... before before Vimic changed the name they were called they were, we were called scar oh, the martyr oh wow I, 2013 was like my first year in scale of summit so I was really not home a lot or else I would have been there because I, I usually go to all those shows but 
wow, I can't believe somebody knows. Nobody knows where Shreveport is unless they've played there. That's pretty much what I figured out. And when I'm like, I'm from Louisiana, everybody's like, oh, from New Orleans. I'm like, no, it's like five hours away. I'm actually a lot closer to Dallas. So, yeah, if you know, you know. (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, it's so funny. Like the places, the place that we play there, the warehouse, like like your boy was just looking for some food. And I couldn't find, like, anything around there. No, that's, like, a weird, like, it's just, like, the industrial side of downtown. Now now there's a lot of local places that have popped up, which is really great because I absolutely, I've done a lot of shows there, and it's, like, I had an Uber across town to just get food or, you know, walk 10 blocks. So that that's a weird area, and funny you mention that because that venue's not there anymore, and I think that's oh, probably really? why. There was just, there was no, like, synergy with anything, like, you either went there for a show or you weren't there. So it, I don't know. Just was not a good location. So I feel you. The setup was a little weird too. Cause like when he walked in, there was like the bar area. Yeah. And like the merch area, but there was like no doors separating the, Mm-mm. and there was even like a little window that you could like see oh, yep. <laughs> on the stage. And it was a super small stage. Cause I remember cause uh, Joey used to use this like massive 17 piece kit. And, uh, we had to use the we called it the quote unquote punk rock drum kit oh. that day, which was basically it was just a ten piece instead of a, <laughs> a seventeen piece. Now let me ask: When you played there, were you facing the bar? We were like so, like when you go through that open door, the stages to the right. We were mm-hmm. facing like away from the main entrance. Okay, so I think I just think that place was too big for them to staff that room for like, uh, so if you're a bigger band, that's the way you played, but then they change it to where you would play through the window to the bar. Oh, that's weird. The weirdest shit ever. So yeah, that, that venue just had its qualm of, I mean, just its plethora of weird problems and, uh, Shreveport failed again, sadly. (laughs) Well, there's a bunch, like I remember when we were doing the, uh, we were doing some headline shows with bad wolves last year, the year before, and we had played this place in Ashbury, North Ashbury, North Carolina, I believe. Hmm. It was called Capone's. <laughs> and uh Dang. There was they had never had a show there before. And like that place was not meant for what your yeah. boy what your boys brought. Like it was wow. it was crazy. Like Doc was like on the bar, like doing guitar solos and like, Oh yeah. Like they had this really weird, like triple stacked. Like there was a sub and then two stacked speakers on top of it. So it was probably like 10 feet tall. And my guitar player, Chris climbed up on top of it and literally jumped off of it to crowd surf while he was playing. That's yeah. just because we were like, yo, like we've never, never seen a venue like this before. So they were like, fuck it, let's just make the best of it. Like guitar solos on, on the bar and then like jumping off of the 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 mon- like the, the fucking 10-foot high speakers into the crowd. Oh, like- yeah. <laughs> I've done my fair share of like places you kind of walk into at Loda and you're like, have they done music here? Before? You know, it's like that kind of thing and you just got to make those venues your own. You know, well, it's have you like- ever done a Skyway Theater in Minneapolis? What is it called? It's called like Skyway Theater, is a Minneapolis venue. No. It's like an old wedding venue with it's just not like for rock. It's just a there's so many of those bizarre venues around the country, but yeah, I know the feeling. Where it's like a fucking six foot wide stage and you're just like, All right, we kinda have to like stagger and yeah. like just kind of just do the thing. And I, I like when I when we went in there, we were kinda like, Fuck, is there like a place that we can like move it to? Like, no, there's no other unless you guys unless you guys can fill an arena. 
And we're yeah. like, no, we definitely can't do that by ourselves right now. Uh, but like we walked in and it just, it looked, it was a bar. It was a bar. Yeah. And it looked like, um, or maybe it wasn't Capone's. Maybe, oh, fuck, I can't remember. Maybe it was in Alabama. I don't remember. But I just remember like going into this place and I'm like, this looks like a bar. And you know, I was like, some dive bars have like little stages for like, you know, when they hire, you know, cover bands or yeah. they have oh, open, yeah. open mic nights. Like, that's exactly what it was. Mm. I mean, don't get me wrong. The show was a blast. And we that, all had you know a what's lot. funny. Those shows used to always end up being the most fun sometimes. Because you you that? literally, especially since it was our headline show, yeah, we kind of just did whatever the fuck we wanted to. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Usually, in my experience, like, show up to this place and you start getting negative like oh god this and that and th- those are like the funnest shows for yeah. some reason it's like a thing because the people there are really stoked it might be really cramped or too tight so i always try to like go all right this sucks but you know I, I i remembered i remember pretty early on in my career i kind of i kind of learned to not judge a venue by the way it looks oh yeah that's important because uh, my first tour ever was was the uh, in this moment headline tour, and you know we played a lot of like smaller places like VFW halls in the middle of fucking nowhere. Ooh, done that, yeah. <laughs> and uh, a lot of those shows were like they might not have had the most people, yeah. um, but their people that were there were super appreciative, and it was like it was almost like a better experience, even though there might not have been a lot of people. They were just like super awesome, you know, hung oh, around, yeah. like waited for us to, you know, come out and sign autographs and take pictures. Like they were just, they were just happy to have some live music in their, in their little oh, yeah. town. So, um, and it's like, you know, whatever, obviously it's a little bit more when you're doing headline shows, it's a little bit more stress inducing when you're just like, oh, we, we got this, you know, 300 cap, 500 cap venue. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, it's not even sold out boys. Like, what are we going to do? Uh, there's a lot of stress on that, but a lot, a lot of times those shows end up being really fun. I mean, there are times when they're super shot, Mm -hmm. but I mean, I think the shotness to the fun ratio is like, it's definitely, it it ends up being more fun than shot. Oh yeah, absolutely. Have you ever done that Jake's venue in like Lubbock? Yes. Yes, I have. Where it's like so big, but it's, I mean, at least the bands I play with, it looks so empty, but they're still, those kids were so fun. Is that the one that's like, uh, is it like a huge wooden floor? Yeah. And it's it's got like that. And then there's nothing around it. There's like a softball field. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've played there. Um, I remember we were trying to figure out a place to eat. I think there's like a Mr. Gaddy's around the corner or something. I remember that's all there was. Or like Rudy's I, I, Barbecue or something. Yeah, and I, I was like, where the fuck are we going to eat? Because I think we played there. We played there with... Actually, we played there with... Vimic played there within this moment. Mm. So it was like uh, it was like in this moment, Motionless and White and Us. Wow. That's a cool lineup. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't really remember that show too much. I think we just kind of like bounced after that. Like yeah. after we play, we did that a lot in the in this moment. Like I don't know why they were just like, "Ah, let's just get out of here." Yeah, it's a lot of like a lot of sorry, um, a lot of the time, you know, because like we were we would play either big venues or small theaters. Yeah, and just sometimes they you know they don't have the accommodations for you know three bands. Mm-hmm. So it's just like ah, let's just get out of here. Let's we'll go find a you know a flying J so we can all go take a shower and 
you know, yeah, maybe grab some food or some beers. Yeah, but my first time playing there was one of those examples. I was like, this is a weird. I just remember the the promoter, whoever. They're like, oh, the, these kids here really get excited when people make a stop here because you know Lubbock's always like, ah, we're just putting it in the way because you know it's typically Dallas, El Paso, so a lot yeah. of bands skip over it. But yeah, that that that's absolutely one of those moments where you're talking about like shows turn out way better than you think so i try to remember that it's a good thing like when i think of when i think of texas i don't know why maybe it's because i've played there a million and one times but i always <laughs> think of uh concrete amphitheater in corpus christi i have not done that one concrete amphitheater sounds so there, hot yeah it is very hot <laughs> well i mean you're in corpus dude so you're in southern texas oh you're on the gulf of mexico and it it's humid as fuck but I mean the, the the main like town like they have like a, a Selena Memorial and there's mm. like a fucking three story Whataburger and there was actually like a really dope like sushi restaurant that I found out there. Um, but it's a dope little beach town. But the Concrete Amphitheater, so there's two venues in there. There's like a smaller like stage. It's probably like you know, I want to say, I guess it'd be like five or six hundred cap, maybe a thousand if you're lucky. And mm. then there's the actual, like, huge concrete stage, which I think is maybe, like, 5,000 cap. Like, I played there. Wow. Like, we played there with, when uh, when we were Scar the Martyr, we played there with Rob Zombie and Corn. Dang, man. Um, All these the, lineups you keep saying sound so dope. <laughs> I've been very Jealous. fortunate to be on on dope tours. That that is, that is one thing I look back and you know I look at my laminate passes. Yeah, I and think shit. you've done quite a few, dude. <laughs> if I had to say over here, um, I, I sometimes I look at my laminate passes. I'm like, oh man, I remember this. The, the, this tour was super dope. But we played there. We played the smaller stage when we did the in this moment motionless and white tour. And I don't remember if Bad Wolves has played there, but I want to feel like I have played there with Bad Wolves. Yes, we have. We, we played the smaller mm. stage. We were. I think we were with From Ashes to New and Diamante, I want to say. I don't remember. I don't. Or maybe. No, last time we were in Corpus, was we played the arena with Death Punch. Wow. That's. Uh, yeah. Seeing, seeing what you guys have done is just, I'm, I'm sitting here watching like, that's so dope, dude. Kyle. Yeah. <laughs> Sick. So, well, th- yeah. thank you, dude. I, I definitely appreciate it. I'm definitely, especially with how things are right now, you know, we're in fucking like, month seven or eight of uh not being able to tour yeah, um, who knows long, how long that's gonna go now Man. yeah uh i heard next summer but uh, i have a buddy who works at the dod the uh, for people who don't know that's the department of defense mm. um he's telling me like probably there's a good chance not till 2022 till everything that sounds is... that in my gut that feels like pretty right yeah just because yeah i'm just you know I'm just glad that I was, we like, when we did tour this year, like, I did some, like, I'm not trying to, like, toot my own horn, but for me personally, I was able to do some some pretty dope shit this year. Uh, I started off the year with Devin Townsend doing the 70,000 Tons of Metal with uh, Wes Houck and Dirk Verbieren. Um, so cool, dude. <laughs> thank you. And then we, and then Bad Wolves and Megadeth and Five Finger Death Punch did an arena tour uh, over Europe. Like, we were in Milan, Italy, I swear, like, a week before the in, all of Italy shut down. Wow. Like, we got home on the 21st, and I remember it started getting real bad over there towards mm. 
like like the tail end of February. So just a few days after after we got home. And then I got furloughed from my day job on March 14th. So did I. Yeah. Same deal. Yeah, I was uh I did a two month tour with Tony McAlpine and um Dude, how dope was that though? Like you're telling me, but you get to play with Tony McAlpine. Uh, it, was, it was, you know, Tony is such the antithesis of like who who you'd think a guitar icon was. He was so nice and just wanted to sling beers and make jokes, and it, it was just like felt like your best friend. But you know, we did a two month tour, and like our last tour date was in Vegas on March 12th, and like the I think the national shutdown was like two days later. So we had a European tour for April. And I think their camp thought they were going to be smart and reschedule it for September. Like, oh, you know, that six months. No, here we are. So I don't know if that's ever going to happen. But nonetheless, that tour was fun. But, yeah, I'm right there with you. Like, we were driving home and just these, you know, big DOD, like, not DOTD, like, Department of Construction signs, like, call this hotline for COVID. And it's like, this is, like, out of a movie. Because when you're on tour, you know, you're, like, in a bubble. Like, okay, I know COVID's going on. But, like you don't really feel it until you get home and get back into your normal life. And we're like, Holy crap, this is all shut down. I can't do this. Yeah. So bizarre times, but man, that tour was, you know, I haven't really done a full tour since I left scale to summit. So I'm really glad I got to get that in this year and it was yeah. really long. And you know, the first half was with sons of Apollo, which, Oh, know, they're dude. They're dope, dude. You got yeah. Billy Sheehan. I know. Fucking, and I uh, just got to watch him every night. And like, you know, yeah. that, their music's great, but they all the, the band consists of all these guys I grew up listening to. So that was just such a really cool way to start the is year. Is Bumblefoot playing guitar in that? Oh yeah. He so was, oh, is that the one with Bumblefoot, Mike Portnoy, Billy Sheehan, and who else? Who am I missing? Uh, Jeff Scott Soto. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, Derek Sherinian. That's right. I I know Derek yeah. Sherinian. Um, and actually, I know I know Derek Sherinian very well. I've picked really? up the, I've no, I've picked up that B three more times than I I would like to admit. Whoa, yeah, and then those. I forgot who was teching for him. I can't remember his name. Of course, it's around him for two months or, well, I guess that was more like a month, that part. But nonetheless, it was amazing just seeing how those guys just kill it. And, you know, Billy Sheehan being like 66 up there playing two hours, it was inspiring. Like, all right, if I'm, if I, you know, if my back starts hurting, I need to shut up because I'm just yeah. bitching because that was cool. It was really, really cool, man. It was, it was funny because um, the, the company I work for at home were like a music production cartage company mm. so it's like um the first time i met derek sherinian was I, I had to drop off or pick up the b3 and all his keyboards and shit from his house and he's got those Jeez. massive keyboard cases dude yeah and um so but mr big um this was before pat torpy died so it was when, it was around the time where they had uh star and torpy like kind of mm. like two drummer thing right yeah yeah uh so mr big was filming a video and um I remember I got a call from from Billy Sheehan's tech, and he was like, hey, I'm running a little bit late. Can you do me a favor and just set up um, Billy's amps? Uh, was and it was, Jeff Mallard? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mallard. Yeah, cause the duck. Yeah. That, that's right. Cause I, I always think of the duck when I see his name. Uh, dude, that, that dude's the coolest guy. He was on that tour, but anyway. Um, so I was, like, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I got this. So I set it all up, and Billy comes in. He goes, hey, did, did you set this up? And I was like, I was like, yeah. And he goes, oh, this is perfect. And I was like, oh, thanks, man. I, I really tried hard. He goes, would you look it up online? I'm like, nah, I didn't have to. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, man. And he goes, oh, are you bass player? I was like, yeah. I was like, I'll oh, see yeah. you guys later. He's the know. nicest, most like down to earth dude. Uh, just he, yeah, he that he's the coolest guy. 
dude, I mean, I still listen to fucking Eat Him and Smile, like, oh, on yeah. the reg. And that's, uh, like, that's got some classic Billy Sheehan, like, a dude is just, like, the, but the whole, like, two pickup, two output thing. Yeah. Like, that still, like, blows my mind. It's very smart, and it, I didn't even know he really did that. He had, like, a premiere guitar rundown or something a while back, and I've probably watched it five times. I just like listening to him talk about bass. Like, there's mm-hmm. something, like, therapeutic about it. I don't know. But. <laughs> and he, he, I think he was running a bit of a simpler setup on this tour, but he still, you know, had all his usual quirks. I think he's using, like, a Helix now. Yeah. Which was really cool. But, uh, man, it just amazing. Of course, he's playing the double neck that whole show. Oh, that dude, that thing's got to be like 25 pounds. I know, and I, I, I wanted to ask him to play it, but I didn't want to be that guy. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. But one time when nobody was looking, I like picked it up kind of like halfway. So <laughs> I hope Jeff didn't hear this. But <laughs> I don't, I don't think, I don't think I'm friends with Mallard on, on on social media. So unless he's like specifically looking for like yeah. you talk, you talking about Billy nice, Sheehan, nice. <laughs> I think. Well, and I, I think the most nerve-wracking part, and I, I shouldn't have been nervous, but, like, you know, t- Billy played on Tony's first record. Yeah, yeah. And we played some of the songs in the set, so you had this whole, like, yo, dog, we heard you like Billy Sheen, so we got Billy Sheen to watch you play Billy Sheen's parts. That's kind of going through my head the whole time. I was like, and he was watching side stage, and clearly he, he's well aware that he played this song. So <laughs> some about that freaked me out. I was like, oh, this yeah. is, I, I can't do this. I'm just a Louisiana boy. <laughs> <laughs> that, honestly, dude, the that shit like that is the reason why uh until i get better at my craft i've I've been taking lessons and shit recently until i get better at my craft you're killer dude what are you talking about no see i fake it till i make it dog i'm really not as good as people think i am me too (laughs) (laughs) and uh well so in 2019 i did a demo at the dark glass booth oh at nam yeah nam oh yeah um i missed that year i was bummed and i have fucking like Steve DiGiorgio, fucking Jacob Umansky, fucking Killian Duarte. Like, I have all these motherfuckers just front and center staring at me, watching me play my fucking Bad Wolf songs, and I'm just sitting there sweating, and I, like, fucked up a whole lot. <laughs> and I'm just like, man, I just need to get better, practice more or something. Like, I'm not... going to make me nervous, too, man. Trust um, me. Well, I actually, I started getting lessons from Jacob, Cause I know Heck he, yeah, uh, he's a, he's a, he's a Berkeley dude. And, um, and I just, I, I wanted to be able, I know, cause me and him have had conversations. We've hung out, you know, I know with how our chemistry is, he would have been a great, he was, a, he would have been a great teacher for me. So yeah. I just hit him up and I was just like, Hey dude, like, can I buy some lessons? He's like, what really? You want lessons? And, uh, I'm like, I'm like, yeah. And I was like, listen, dude, I'm self-taught. I was like, I know a fucking c major scale and i know a fucking g major scale and but they're basically the same thing just on a different string <laughs> i know I, but look, look look what you're doing though it's like you give I, everybody lessons on that <laughs> uh it. i mean honestly most of it is social networking and being very persistent but not persistent enough to annoy people just so people don't forget about me um because, I mean, growing up in Los Angeles, you know, I was born and raised here. Um, you know, I've been around the, I've been around the music scene. I mean, I fuck, I played my first show when I was 13 years old. Yeah. Um, and I started meeting, you know, dudes in bands and shit like that when I was like 16, 17. And 
I kind of just built like a rapport around Hollywood and I spent the most of my late teens, early twenties going to shows, you know, playing with as many different people as I can. Um, and just networking, you know, like that was the one thing I, I figured out pretty, pretty quickly, um, was in this business and in LA, like it really is, it's really not how good you are. It's who you know. And if you're a fucking decent dude to hang around with. Yeah. I get asked a lot, like, you know, what should I do to build my band? And like, I had a guy on a Twitch stream ask, like, how do I grow my professional music network? And like, you know, I probably know a 10% of the people you do, but you know, I've still had those experiences where I realized like, you know what? These people just, everybody tends to like somebody that's just a cool dude. Mm-hmm. It's not weird. No it's drama. Not racist or some bullshit. And yeah. if you're a good hang, people are going to remember you. And it's like you, on the outside, before you get that, you must think it's about numbers and like t- talent. And I'm like, no dude, I know a lot of talented people I hate. Yeah. Um, well, hate's a strong word, but just, you know, Dis- talented strongly people they're not dislike. fun to work with. Yeah. Sorry. Oh dude, trust me. So do I. And it's, it's like when somebody's like, Hey, you know, of a guitar player, like, for, and like who comes to mind, it's usually like the top five people you like hanging out with that are also really good. Yeah. And I'm glad you said that about like, you know, you, you've been doing shows since you were 13 and you know Hollywood networking. Cause a lot of people mistakenly go, wow, bad wolves just started. And like, they just like blew up and like, that must've been really nice. And I'm like, no dude, these, I, I can guarantee you all of those guys were, had a long history of putting in time and putting in the. Uh, meeting people and not wanting something for people, just wanting to be in the environment, go to shows, meet people, just create, you know, purely out of a passion. So it's important you say that because a lot of young musicians like miss that part. Yeah. But I mean, all of us put together have almost 80 years of touring experience. You know, it's important to know, you know, because Doc has been doing it for almost 20 years. John's been doing it for almost 20 years. You know, same with Tommy. Me and Chris have been doing it for over 10 years. Oh, yeah. So I mean, you know, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of experience and honestly, dude, a lot of time I get gigs is just like, Oh, that guy doesn't stand around. Like, <laughs> Oh yeah. Can, can he, can he, he can play the songs. He can play the songs. It doesn't sound like shit. Okay. Oh, and he, and he flops his hair around. All right, cool. Yeah. You got the gig, dude. Cause I remember uh-huh. when, when bad wolves first started, the band was originally called eye of tongues and John and Doc and Tommy were trying to get me in the band for so long, but I was, like, really holding on to this project I was doing with Joey and Jed, and um, and I just, I, I just didn't want to do it. And they were just, like, they tried out a couple guys. They didn't fit the... They just didn't fit, like, the style with the band, and I remember Doc and John came to my birthday party, and they're just like, dude, you don't even have to try out. Like, just join the band. Like we know you could play the songs, and we know you. Yeah. And you got like you got good bass tone, and you got good stage presence. Uh, you you just fit. And then later that year, I was like, all right, all right, I'll I'll join the band. Yeah, glad you did. <laughs> I am too, man. Like, cause I was I was yeah. really on the fence. I had I called a bunch of people because we. You don't were... want to be the fifth Beatle. <laughs> I, uh, I I called a bunch of people because you know there was some there was some inner workings going on with Vimic, and uh, you know the record hadn't come out, and we were trying to like find like a new label home, and you know some other tours and shit were like were supposed to happen like weren't happening, so I was like calling people because John called me in December of 2017, and he's like, hey man, like I know you're like doing Vimic and shit, but like 
are you like we're gonna start touring and like in my in my head I was like oh another band that's like oh yeah we got this booked and then you know I was afraid nothing was gonna happen again um and so I called a couple people and this was even before zombie came out like before zombie was even a thing mm-hmm. I called a couple people I'm like listen man like do I try this new thing or do I just stick with the thing that I've been doing for the last five years because I know it. And they're like, what has the last five years gotten you? Like, where has it gotten you? And I was like, oh, yeah. He's like, yeah, mm-hmm. tr- try the new thing. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I quit Vimic. I had all my shit shipped back from Nashville and Des Moines. And uh, and I just, I was like, I called John. I was like, listen, I, I quit Vimic. So I'm down to do this shit full time. He's like, oh, sick, man. I really didn't want to have to find a, a guy to, like, you know, <laughs> replace you on certain shows or just have, have another guy do it. And I was like, right. nah, man, I'm, I'm in, you know. And then, uh, like, a month or two later, we, that's when we released Zombie. And uh, <laughs> my, one of my buddies who I was talking to uh, was Chris, Chris Kale from Death Punch. And uh, he's like, I bet you're glad you joined this band now, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I told you, motherfucker. You never listen. Dude, uh, you know what's so funny? I don't think I've ever told you this, but um, back in 2018, uh, maybe maybe it was 17, early 18, we got hooked up with Eric German, us and oh, Waterbox. Yeah, yeah. And it, it was, he just kind of did like a consultation with us. I think he was like, want to hear our music, but... Mm-hmm. You know, we went we went through a back and forth or whatever with them, and uh, I would just kind of never we kind of stopped talking. I don't even remember why. I think it was because we got on with CTK. But nonetheless, I remember him telling me, "Yeah, I'm screwing around with this this new Bad Wolves band right now. They're about to about to put out this Cranberries cover. I think it's going to be really." And we were like, "Oh, I've never heard of them." And they like you guys had like ten thousand likes on Facebook. I remember him sending you your page, and I was like, "That's cool." And I, I don't I I knew of you or knew your name, but I, I didn't recognizing the other guys of course i knew doc was in god forbid i just you know off a picture i was like okay and it's funny like here we are because i remember him telling me before zombie came out you guys were doing it yeah so that that was that was that was probably late it was either late 2017 or early 2018 i think it was very early 18 or very late 17 i I have to look at the emails but i think we we released that song in like february must have been 17 i remember being cold that had to have been before that, though. I don't know. Right. L- L.A. can get pretty cold in in January, February. I mean, cold yeah. for cold for L.A. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so I always thought that was funny, and uh, you know, we we actually did a video with Matt Akana too. It never mm-hmm. got released. Do you know him? What? Wh- who was that? Matt Akana. Uh, he's like. I'm not sure. I'm so I'm so terrible with fucking names, dude. He was we he uh Eric German recommended him, and he did like a, a lyric video for us or something. But he's. Him and Eric, I guess, were you still work with Eric? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's yeah, the band's okay. lawyer. Nice. Yeah, well, uh, I, that was a funny, like, clairvoyant sort of thing. I remember him telling me, which is, he was right. But I don't think uh, I've ever told you that story. I thought it was pretty cool. <laughs> well, uh, where, where I discovered you was the last album that you did with Scale the Summit. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you had just put out, like, a playthrough of fuck i can't even remember the song the dain 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 i can't remember oh, the name of it yeah na- it's narrow salient yeah yeah, yeah. That, that's probably why i couldn't fucking remember the name <laughs> the riff's more important anyway <laughs> uh 
but I remember I was like at work and like I bought that single on like iTunes and I watched the video. I'm like, yo, this dude's dope. Like oh, solo and shit. And I was just like, oh, I'm, I'm fucking following this guy I because that. at that point, like there was, there was kind of a wave of like talented, super techie bass players that kind of came out around that time. I mean, I know there's guys that have been doing it for a long time, like Jeff Hugel and yeah. shit like that. He's um, great. Mm-hmm. But they're like they're just kind of like during that prog, uh, that prog boom. I started discovering like I was like, yo, man, all these dudes are fucking like dope, like all shred, all have dope ass basses, um, just super technical and like tasty at the same time. Because you have a solo in that, and I was just like, Jesus. And uh, I remember I I like had that song on fucking repeat I think for like a week. Oh, thanks, dude. That was, yeah, that was that was a bitch to play. It was kind of a tough one, but I think that you might have seen it on EMG TV or somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they they made us do that stuff in one take, and I was sweating. You can't see the back of my shirt, but it was Grinch. That was pretty intimidating. But thanks, dude. I, I really appreciate that. And it was and well, you had that. Uh, I don't it's actually this space I used. Oh, it was, so it wasn't the gold one, but it was that Burl. It's that Burl Warwick, yeah, right? That's the one I use in those videos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a dope one. Yeah, it's everybody calls it Rotten Banana Base. I'm like, I just run with it now. <laughs> so, well, I know with I know you're with Jackson now, right? Is that like a is that like an exclusive thing, or is it just like? Uh, not yet. Uh, it's just been taken really like taking it really slow, like first yeah. date or something. I, yeah. I think what really happened was you know we. I kind of got with them around the holidays and me getting that tour really kind of ramped up just working together. Mm-hmm. But again, right as that tour ended and it was time to like, I was supposed to go out to their headquarters and do some like demoing and play through stuff. And I had yeah. it all planned out and just, I mean, the pandemic, it, it just delayed everything. Oops. And so, you know, they, they sent me another base a while back and I've checked it out, but it, it's really just been kind of like exhibitionary for now. I don't mean that negatively, but just yeah, there's yeah. really, only so much to really talk to them about right now. There's no tours. I'm not really yeah. on the, you know, the cuff of a new album release or anything. So um, they've been really great to me. And I kind of got turned on them through Travis LaRear, who I was in a band with, because he's been playing Jackson a long time. But yeah, otherwise, uh, I'm enjoying them. Yeah. Our our bass tech, Tim Walker, who's also the bass player for Entheos. Yeah. Um, he he got one of those one of those Jacksons. And he's mm-hmm. just like, he's like, dude, you know, I'm not gonna lie. He's like, you know, I love it. Because I know um, he has a couple. What bass does he normally play? God, I'm so bad with this. I think it's a Cirrus, PV. Is that him? Am I thinking? Yeah, that? yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yes. yeah, a PV. Yeah, the PV. I've played that bass. I don't know why I didn't remember that. That's like the yeah. one thing I normally remember. But uh, he's like, he's like, dude, yeah, you know, they're great. He did a video for it, and uh, you know, um, I I haven't been able to check one out yet. I know, uh, I know, Tempesta wanted to. To send me one because I was buying uh, I was buying a Jackson bass just for like my own personal collection and I was just like listen yeah. you know I'm, I have I have this deal with uh, with with Dingwall I was like you know if you have one you know for me to check out and then possibly buy like that's cool but I, I you know I can't accept any I can't accept it for free because I won't be able to use it live. Oh. Um, but I noticed especially with your Warwicks like you you put the you put emgs in there what do you like more about the emgs than the the m the mec pickups i guess because i know a lot of dudes who play warwick they kind of stick with everything warwick yeah you're right um 
I will say the MECs are like really great. I mean, of course, Warwick custom kind of outfits them for their bases, so they're gonna know what's up. Yeah, I think for me it was just more of a chronology, uh, like a chronological thing. With I got with EMG first, and then mm-hmm. Warwick all those years ago. I was playing Spectre for a really short while. Uh, it was the endorsement the previous Skeleton Summit bass player had, uh, Jordan, who's in the Contortionist now. Oh, fucking Jordan! I yeah. love that guy. Me too, man. I got to see him earlier this year in Denver, and we had some beers and talked about the good old days. But, um, yeah, so I, I had just gotten on with EMG first, and when Warwick came, I didn't want to just be like, see ya. So, um, yeah, they, EMG I, got mad at me for that. Because when, yeah. when I went to Dingwall, they don't fit. Yeah, that's kind of been my problem with every company I've been with, to be honest with you. And uh, I actually just got some EMGs put in one of those Jacksons. I saw that, the green one, right? Yeah, they had to. I had to send it and they had to Dremel it out. So it is kind of a pain. I feel like companies do that on purpose. Like, yeah, we're going to take like two millimeters off and make it hard for anybody. I, I get it. Yeah. But, you know, I, I had just gotten my first custom base. Uh, this is the first custom I got through Warwick, and I... I just started the build with EMGs in mind and we picked out some that were really similar to the MECs and I just come to, I've just really grown to love it. Um, I don't know. It's like, I, there's a, a video on my YouTube channel where I, uh, I demo a stock Warwick thumb with the MECs mm-hmm. then that one. And then the green one, which also has MECs and just having recorded albums with all of them, I actually do prefer the EMGs as much as I like them in the Spectre. The MECs are really great, but they're like really hot and really clanky. Mm-hmm. If you like that, which I don't. Now, there's a difference between like dirty, gritty, but th- this just had like a lot of shrillness to it. That so I would, it's I like a found... lot of like it's like a lot of like everything above 5.5k. Yeah, like j- yeah, yeah, just yeah. like. You know, you do a note, like you do a pop or like a, you just hit the string a little too hard. It kind of comes off harsh. Mm-hmm. Um, and I toured with a stock Warwick thumb for a long time. And I always found myself just turning the treble all the way down. So the EMGs kind of retain that growly sound, but just without the highs, I, I just have grown to like it. And of course, I've always used EMGs since then. So I remember when I was with EMG, my favorite, my favorite fucking setup. And if I ever have a bass that that fits humbuckers again, I'll probably, I'll probably get it again. But it's just, it's the stock EMG preamp. You know, the 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 balance volume basement treble. Yeah. Um. Or I think it's like the BTC, not the BO. Maybe the B. I don't remember. Anyway, but I would use a uh, EMG. 40 or 35, depending on if it's four or five string, the DC pickup in the bridge and the P5 or the P4. So there's two different P humbuckers. There's the, there's the four P and the P4. The P4 is a reversed P base. Uh, So I had, I had the revert. It was like the the magnets are reversed. Uh So I would use the DC and the reversed P style uh, pickup. That's super dope. And that was that like I remember I did a I did one of I did the I did like four or five songs in the first or I think it was the first Westfield Massacre record, and I remember um, the producer who did that record was just like, dude, keep that bass forever. It sounds so fucking good. And at that time, I was using I was using Schecter basses, and it was this five string I had that was tuned to fucking F sharp for for Vimic because those guys used eight and nine string guitars. <laughs> And he was like, he's like, dude, I don't know how you got that bass to sound that good and <laughs> tune that low. But and I was just like, oh, I just I I experimented. EMG was really good to me. 
and I just kind of experimented with every pickup they had because it's literally so as easy as unscrewing them and popping that little cord out the back of them. That to, solderless system. Is... Yeah, to swap pickups. It's literally the easiest. And so because it was so easy and I didn't have to, you know, unsolder anything to switch pickups, like I was just like, yeah, send me all your five-string pickups. So, yeah, so, you could, you could I, shoot I, out a whole pickup line in like a couple hours. Yeah. Yeah, screw soldering. Gosh, I'd, if I have to solder the pickups, I'm like, I'm just going to like these. I'm not, I don't feel like doing this. Yeah. But yeah, that's been my fit. That's honestly the reason I've stayed with the NGs because I have swapped out pickups. And it's been so easy. I don't even, it, it's great. So, but I just, I really dope. like the clarity of the, of the DC and the bridge because it's, it's a more, I feel like it's more trebly with the dual coil, but it still has that, that, that nice mid range punch. And then having the reverse magnet P. Is just like there's all your fucking your low Neat. end, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's funny you say that because I told Tommy, who's the rep there now, I was like, give me something different for the Jacksons because you got a lot of stuff, and I've been playing like the same pickups and all my bases. So with the X, the the you've been playing the EMG X with like, but they're the jazz ones, right? Yeah. So yeah, the, yeah, the 45 JX is in that one, and then the green chrome base is just a PX and a JX. I was going for like that PJ tone. <clears throat> Excuse me, that PJ tone. But for this, uh, the pickups he put in this Jackson, he gave me the DCX. So I've never tried it. So mm -hmm. now it's funny you're telling me that because I really like the sound of it. Yeah, it's great. So it's Dude, the X I'm telling you. versus the regular DC. But well, because I think there it's more of like a passive vintage voicing, isn't it, with the X? Yeah, like a little more headroom. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. But dude, honestly, man, seriously, see if they have like the reverse magnetic pole in the X series for the for the P base, dude. I'm telling you, man. It's just, it's perfect. Like with pick, with pick or, or finger players, like it's just, it's just got a lot of beef. And it's that I, the P shape. No, it's a humbucker. Oh, it's a humbucker. Gotcha. So it's in the humbucking housing, but the, cause like, you know, with your J pickups, the 35 J X's that you have, they just yeah. have the magnetic, but yeah. it's in the humbucker housing. That's exactly what this is too. So you wow. can, so it'll show you, I, I'm not sure if it's like the P four or the, 4P, like I said, there's two different ones, so it's kind of confusing. But it has the regular P base style one, and then the reverse ones. Gotcha. And I always use the reverse magnets, and they were because when I figured out that they did the reverse P base, because there's always something about a stock P base. I'm like, I feel like for me, it's missing something. And then yeah. I actually I tried out the Mark Hoppus signature P base, mm. and it has the reverse pickups. I'm like, oh, yo, this is way better. Really? Uh, yeah. I've never played one ever. Wow. And uh, when I found out that EMG had those, I was just like, yeah, fuck me up. Just send me all those. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, yeah, they're, they're great. Dude. I would definitely I would definitely suggest. And Tommy is a great guy. And um, Tommy and I have been talking. We were talking last year about possibly doing um, a custom preamp. Nice. Or if I just said, listen, dude, I was like, if you if you I was like, I'll send you the housings for the for the Dingwall pickups. I was like, yeah. if, you, if you can retrofit them. I'll use your shit. Yeah. But there is only one other company besides Dingwall that fits a Dingwall base. And that's because those pickups shields were made by that company. And then it's Nordstrand. Mm. Yeah. So yeah. that's literally my only option is the FD3 pickups, which are amazing. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I've been using them fuck since I've been with Dingwall for almost four years. Right. And, and I do have a set that I have a custom set of Nordstrands in one of my, one of my Dingwalls. Those are amazing too. But the one thing I love about the FD3s are just those those are the stock Dingwall pickups is they're fucking loud and they're beefy. Yeah. And they got a lot more headroom. 
But I told Tommy, I was like, if you can retrofit, dude, I'll use them. Because right I know exactly, I know exactly what I would do. I would do because I've I, I've three pickup slots. Yeah. So if I could fit it, I would do P bass, jazz bass, P bass. Whoa. Be... So like kind of like a like a stew ham type vibe, like a yeah. that old Fender like stew ham. Oh yeah. Because then you can uh you can like put the pickups in series and parallel if you add these like three switches, which the rotary switch kind of does that anyway. You can use it like bridge yeah. pickup, bridge bridge and and neck in series and then like middle pickup and then bridge in middle in in series or um, in parallel with the neck pickup in series there's a lot of shit you can do with it but if you add those switches it just it's even more yeah um so i definitely i definitely would like i would like to fuck around with some more stuff just because like the ding walls are great they sound great i love i love them i love the pickups but there's just there's just something there's just something like not quite there yet for me, really. Yeah, and I don't know. It could be something as simple as the preamp because I know I have two of the D Rock bases which don't which are passive, and uh, which I think is cool because it just has the three knobs. It has the volume, the rotary selector, and then a tone knob, which I've never really had because most of my bases have been active eighteen volt bases. You don't really get a tone knob with those. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I and I remember like doing like radio shows and having that tone knob just like rolling that bitch back like when you're doing an acoustic set. Yeah. And I'm just like, "Oh, that's that's way better than having an acoustic bass." <laughs> oh yeah. The the, the dark uh, the ding walls have the dark glass. No, so, so the the NG's do. The the Nolly, the Nolly bases right, come stock right. with 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 the dark glass pre, but the combustions come with the standard EMG um preamp, which is the one really? that you yeah. Yeah, which oh, is the which is the it's only available for builders. Like you mm-hmm. can't actually buy that preamp. Gotcha. Interesting. Um so I had a hard time getting those preamps from them. I'm like, listen, I I use this shit, just send it to me. <laughs> I've got it in bases, just just send them to me. Yeah. Um But I I I would be really interested to do uh like I, I just there's certain frequencies that I feel like when you tune to fucking G. Yeah. That I, like because otherwise, I don't really use the onboard preamp. Like, oh. I just kind of use the... I keep everything flat, and you're just kind of getting the tone out of the preamp. Right. Um, but, I mean, unless there's, like, a, a preamp that's specifically made for my style of, of tuning, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to use it. Like, if I have, could have, like, a four-band EQ, yeah, that would be dope. Like, cut that 250 right the fuck out. <laughs> Get out of here! Yeah, I've never, I've never played in any band with a low tuning. Come to think of it, I've been such a standard tuning. Like I've, I've done drop A in a couple bands, but that drop G F sharp, that stuff's foreign to me. I mean, I've played basses with it, but I've just, I've actually never used it. So yeah, it's, it's. I feel like I'm the guy that people call when they were like, "Listen, we're gonna tune to drop Z." Well, if, I, if I'm calling to drop Z, I'm, t- I'm calling you. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, I don't know why. It's just like for the last almost 10 years every band i've ever been in is like all right we're gonna use this weird tuning we're gonna use this weird tuning i bet devon had some weird tunings the devons were the most were the most normal of really all three projects i've done in the last two years wow i know he does a lot of open tunings but maybe that didn't apply to bass necessarily or well i mean that's what i tune uh, we have a tuning that's very in bad wolves we have a tuning that's very similar Mm -hmm. to devon's tuning so i i just tune my my, my bass is tuned in fifths. 
So G C G C G. Ooh, that makes my head hurt, man. Yeah. Never. So I have two notes on a five string bass. So G C G C G. Wow. And then, so I use that for Devin, and then one of my other basses, I literally just dropped it down a half step. So F sharp B, F sharp B, F sharp. Oh, man, that would put me in a tailspin. I'm so used to it now. I'm so used to it now. When I pick up a standard tune bass, I'm like, that's kind of why I wanted to get back into like the basics and learn music theory, was just because I get on a standard tune bass, and I'm like, well, what do I fucking play? I don't know what to do with my hands. Yeah. Like... (laughs) On on my Bad Wolves basses, I'm just like, all right, I know where everything is. Like I've transcribed the stuff that I play, and yeah, you know, I'm like, oh, here's three G's right here, you know. <laughs> wow, I'm I curious know. to just try a different tuning just to get out of the standard tuning. You know, your brain will just box you into the same ideas. So I mean, do I've you thought you, about it? I'm just afraid of it. <laughs> I mean, dude, you got that? You got that six string bass? Why don't you get some piccolo strings and do some dad gad? Uh, yeah, I always <laughs> want to do a, I want to do a cabbage tuning. <laughs> people joke about that. Those are all real notes. There's there's a bunch of other funny ones, but I hear about people using open tunings just to like get out of their own mind creatively. So I've, I've given that a lot of thought. I just haven't done it yet. So, so I I always thought that you did tune lower than you did. Mainly, I I, I could never I could never get my head around the six string bass. Like mm. five string is like the tippy the tippy top for me. Yeah, my hands aren't big enough for a six string bass. It's not comfortable for me. Yeah, it it cramps more than a four. I go back to a four string, and it's like my endurance is just twice, just just from not having to bend your wrist as much. But you know, six string is just the five string with another high string right? on top. That's it. Yeah, yeah, just a high another high string. And uh, believe it, I I played a seven string bass for a while, which is which was overkill. I did it for like two albums a long time ago, and that was a five string with two higher strings. So we had a high F. It's like a guitar string. Yeah. And, but, you know, playing that neck was like holding like a DVD case, just like <laughs> ridiculous. And, you know, it's like the, the, the higher frets on the lowest string, it, it was just an ergonomical nightmare. So I, I went back, I went back down to six. And of course, um, right when I joined Scale of Summit, Jordan had used the six. So I, I just kind of stuck with it. So, but six feels like home to me. I feel, you know, I did the whole tour with Tony on a five, mm-hmm. but it took me a while. Like it's, you it's crazy how much difference one string makes when you're really used to something. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I got the Jacksons at that time and went back to a five, but six is always like home for me. Just always has been. So, uh, yeah, I just, I remember I was at Nam, and uh, I was with, I was with Callium strings for a long time. Mm. Uh, I'd kind of like, I would, I would outsource my low strings from Callium, but I was using mostly Diderio strings. Um, and I remember I went to the Callium strings booth and um, Chris Cardone, who uh, had worked at Calium at the time, which now he does Luigi's mod- Modular. It's like more synth shit. Hmm. Um, had a motherfucking 24-string Pratt bass. <laughs> so it was a nine-string bass with three octaves per string. Oh, my gosh. Probably weighed and, 40 pounds. I mean, I didn't pick it up because it was on, like, a stand where you could just, like, you know, put your arm around it. I legit, like... Do you ever like when you're like when you look at like those like hologram pictures and you're like, oh, you're supposed to see a boat or you're supposed to see like, yeah, I was looking at the strings and my eyes just went fucking batshit crazy. And I didn't even know what to do with myself. And wow. I, I played like the upper the upper register only because I'm like, this is this is the only thing 
I can do on this. Like, yeah, hands, I can't play what? a nine string <laughs> with three Jeez. octaves. It sounded dope. Actually, Davey504 has it now. He put out a video with it. Wow, of course. That's awesome. Yeah, I've I've only the I think the most bizarre stringing is a like a Hamer eight string. Of course it's four strings with just like the twelve string thing, but that was bizarre to play because I didn't I I just didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. It's like a novelty bass. Like I always think about they talk about Newstead use like a something like that for wherever may roam, like that first those notes and that on Black yeah. album. Yeah, yeah. And like I just think about that every time I pick one of those up, which has been like twice, but I wouldn't know what to do with them. I wouldn't know what to do with a nine string without the octaves. So, <laughs> well, I know Dean has a twelve string, so it's four strings with three per octave, wow. which I th- which I think is kind of like the cheap trick. I know the cheap trick bass player had. I don't know if he used eight string or twelve string. Wow. But yeah, that's like that's like way above my pay grade, man. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> still uh, bucket list item for me is to own a Chapman stick. Oh so yeah, cool man. The, yeah, that one. Yeah, those those are dope. Cause I remember I, when Felix Martin first came around, I was like, "Yo, is that a Chapman stick?" And I'm like, "No, no, that's not a Chapman stick. That's just a really weird double neck guitar." Yeah, he's got his own brand going there with that. He's he's insane. Well, he's I think I think it's a he uses Kiesel now. I don't. Yeah, know. he had some weird company I've never heard of, and then I think Kiesel kind of replicated the same style for him that yeah you're right that neck is fucking insane yeah (laughs) that's bigger than trunk that's bigger than that i think that's bigger than the 24 string bass neck man all tapping though yeah that would confuse me like tony levin and the chapman stick that you know i I saw that so early on in my playing and i was like Mm -hmm. i want to have one i don't ever think i'd use it publicly i'd be too freaked out but yeah. just to sit in my bedroom and nobody's watching, you know, I just want to have one. Cause you can, I've seen guys create really beautiful music. Uh, the few that have them. So I'm trying to get Dingwall to do, um, one of my, one of my D rocks, the passive bass. Yeah. I'm trying to make that a fretless. Ooh. Because I, I don't really use it too much live and I would really like to have a fretless bass for when we do acoustic stuff. Yeah. I feel like, it's just it would just fill out a whole lot more and <clears throat> excuse me but i mean like growing up like listening to dudes like pino paladino or or tony levin mm-hmm. like with the you know a little bit of chorus on a fretless bass man that shit goes a long way like that it's was like that's brown my sugar sound yeah that's like it's my good. favorite favorite thing to do is like when i'm when we're doing like acoustic practices or when we did the live from quarantine set i like basically just put my fucking uh, my tone knob all the way back had a nice like boss chorus ensemble. <laughs> and I was like, there it is right there. I was like, fuck, I wish this was fretless. Oh, that sounds like white gravy. That's awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, I had a fretless once and I, I literally sold it cause I thought I sucked at it and I realized it was a mistake cause I felt like I've needed one on every record or wanted one like, Oh, fretless would go good here, but I don't have one. Yeah. And uh, it was like a 1988 made in Japan fender back when they had those really thin necks. And there, mm-hmm. uh, I think what freaked me out is there was no dots or no lines on it. I think the person oh, that had it before me, like, like no, there, there's, there's motherfuckers. Like, uh, there's this guy who is a Dingwall artist. His name's Steve. I can't remember the last one, but he has these fan fret, fretless no marker no no lines no dots on he has a four string with also fan fret 
and I think he has a five or a six string. And I'm just like, you're fucking nuts, dude. That's like glutton for punishment, man. I don't know how. I need the lines at least. I was like, yeah. you know what? Fret markers, whatever. I mean, you know, it's always nice to have them lumen lays. But yeah. give me the lines at least. At least let me know where the fuck I am. I know. Yeah. I, I just was too freaked out. I, I Like, I have perfect pitch, but it doesn't matter with a fretless. Something about it would like, it was too distracting not being right. Yeah. And too worried to go past fret seven because the frets get smaller and you can't see shit. And you're like, Ooh, mm-hmm. I don't even want, I just want to stay on like first position. So <laughs> I, I regret selling it. Cause the sound is just, it's you there. can't get that anywhere else. No. You yeah. Can't. And f- fretless is the only time I'll ever use flat wounds. I can't use, I can't use flat wounds r- other than that. Yeah. They're weird. Yeah. They, they feel really weird on my hands too. Like, I feel like I need to be like the homie Scott from Scott's bass lessons and wear the glove. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't like the texture of flat wound strings. It's uh, like chalk on a board, yeah. Yeah. It's weird. It's super exactly, weird. Yeah. But and but I, then I've heard, you know, like, um, fuck, what's his name from Intronaut? Joe. Joe Lester. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Joe Lester. He uses round wounds mm-hmm. on his fretless, like, in a prog metal type band. I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, yeah. Round wounds, people say, have a better sound when you use fretless with metal, obviously, but it'll eat your fretboard up. But yeah, um, yeah, I guess that's the price of good tone. I don't know. Yeah, he's got that gnarly ass fucking Zon bass too. Yeah, it's amazing. I think it's like a fucking nine thousand dollar bass. I know. The Intronaut is the band I've toured with the most out of any other band. Dude, Sasha, I love Sasha so much, man. Yeah, those guys. Sasha are and Joe hilarious. are just are just are just the best dudes and sasha's doing super well with the dunnable guitars i know it's the, they're dope got the killer vibe on those guitars like so rustic and like earthy looking just has like a really good aesthetic i've been waiting two years to put in my order with him like that's how really? bu- that's how busy he's been holy shit so i want to do like an r2 which is like the the kind of the thunderbird vibe yeah uh with a music man pickup and a p-bass pickup the reverse p-bass pickup uh there you go on a, like a matte purple sparkle paint job and a wenge, wenge, wenge neck, wenge fingerboard, uh, lumen lays, and like that's it. Yeah, wenge is the way to go, man. All like my last three, except the Jacksons, but I've I've gotten that on all my bases. I just love the look of it. It's sturdy. They stay in tune. It's mm-hmm. Strong wood, strong dense wood, and I, I yeah the. That like he posted a picture of a bass the other day that had like a pink tortoise shell. Yeah, like, I was like, ooh, it's, I love those like pastel matte finishes. So yeah, good. it's like he's got some really tasty shit. And I remember um, Nam earlier this year, I was, he's like, dude, stop by, I can play one of these basses. And I was just like, yo, this is it feels good, it sounds good, it's not weird to play because like, you know, I I've known Sasha. You know, I mean, not we're not like super close or anything, but you know, I've known Sasha like right when he started Dunnable, and it started out super small, like in his backyard of his house, yeah. and you know, Van Nuys. Yes, homegrown man. And uh, he's just been fucking killing it, dude. And I'm just, I'm like, dude, I literally watched this guy go from like, oh, I'm making guitars in my backyard to like, oh, I have a shop now. Oh, I have my own pedals, like. I make dope basses, dope guitars. Like, you know, you got guys like uh, Blasco using his shit. You got, yeah, you know, got Eye on Fire. It, yeah. He's got some, he's got a really he's, good. He's, he's got big dudes using his shit. And yeah. I think, I, th- I think even one of the pedals is like a Dave Davidson signature pedal. That sounds right. 
thought I feel like I've seen that. And I'm just I'm like, dude, kudos to you, man, because I mean his shit is like, it's not like because there are a bunch of different guitar companies out there, obviously, and you know new boutique type stuff. But I think it really shows like when a company can grow that fast, like how yeah. quality his instruments are and you never see the shit like you do with a lot of these other builders like you don't really see people bitching about the quality control because Sasha really fucking cares about his instruments you know oh yeah and he's, I'm he's got not, that personality and it's like not that other builders don't but I think Sasha is just eccentric and and OCD enough yeah. to just make sure that no instrument leaves without like having the fucking the Midas 21 point check before it leaves oh, yeah. you know at least three times before it goes out the door yeah, top your tires off here's your <laughs> but uh so you're doing like twitch streams and stuff right now yeah I uh it's been real fun man I've got one tonight too I'm trying to do it three days a week um and I've always I've always wanted to do some live stream stuff because you know I've got my main bread and butter is really lowinuniversity.com. Which like yeah, that. I was I was gonna bring that up, and that's my like main thing. And um, you know, the the site is custom built, like web designer style. It's not like just dragging around modules. So for me to put like a live streaming element in it, I would have to hire the guy to like rebuild it all out. It's expensive, and I was like. Well, I might as well just use one of these already existing platforms to do live streaming. Just uh -huh. something more casual because the website's very academic. You know, it's like uh -huh. very base lesson, like no no bullshit, no frills. Uh -huh. And I, I didn't really have a place to do live streaming in either. And the internet and the equipment. I've got three kids. It's a noisy house. But over quarantine, we re-renovated re this detached garage for this studio. So I've finally just quarantine was like a really great time to put it together. So I've been doing those and... Like you said, man, I was on tour earlier this year and you just like come back home and it's like you just kind of miss that like uh, playing bass for people and hanging out and just like that energy of live music and I don't know when I'm going to do it again. I was like Twitch streaming yeah. is probably the closest I'm going to get to that. So I've jumped on there and just had fun with it. And I'm trying to build a PC for that. Hang, so. I've been that? trying to build a PC for uh, for the for the Twitch streaming because yeah. the OBS doesn't work so well on my Mac. Um, so I was talking to Herman Lee, who's big into the, the streaming and he's like, he's like, dude, he's like, just, just build a fucking PC. He's like, it'll be so much easier. So I'm not, are you using a Mac or a PC for your streams? I'm using Mac. Uh, I've like a five-year-old iMac. Um, I tried Streamlabs OBS for a while and it was great, but it was so buggy because they just came out with Streamlabs OBS for Mac and it's like version one and there was just lots of bugs. So I just went to the regular OBS Studio, which is the older one, and that's been working flawlessly ever since. I haven't been able to figure out how to put, um, like, because I have I have my camera, you know, it sits here right on my desk. Yeah. I have the microphone. I have the bass guitar. I can't get both channels to work together while using like plugins and shit. Oh, like, that's tough. Yeah. But but now that I have I have I have audio hijack and loopback, I'm going to try it again just to see if I can use loopback through OBS. But I noticed that there's a slight delay and if I hear a slight delay when I'm playing, it's going to fuck me up. Yeah, I I tried to do that too because I was going to do a stream where I was messing around with the neural DSP plugins. Mm -hmm. And I haven't done it because I couldn't figure it out. Either either you have to get and, and I'm sure somebody out there knows like a 
quick fix. Please, would make please let us know. Please let us know. Yeah. We want to use plugins on live streams. Yeah. The only thing I could figure out is I would have to get like a USB mic and have the only thing going into my interface be the bass, and then I could process it with no delay because um, it, it gets the mic and the bass independent because right now I have a mic and a bass in the same interface, and it just creates yeah. like a big wash of confusion and delay. So I just kind of said never mind with it, at least at least those types of streams. I'm doing a lot of other stuff, and it's been a blast, man. Um, I, I really like it. Uh, the whole Twitch ethos is kind of a learning experience. Yeah. Cause you're just talking to like an empty room. It, yeah. It's, you know, just, just chat going. And I played a scale summon album start to finish last week and it was my biggest one yet. And it was just really, really fun. And just, you know, I realized most people follow me because of the, they found me because of that band. So I, uh, I felt it was appropriate to do that. You know, I'm not in a band P- anymore. And public I service. Hope it wasn't, <laughs> I hope it wasn't too awkward for anybody. Whatever. You know, I'm, yeah. Um, you know, but, that, that's just a long time ago. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But it always, it, it, the band didn't quite, we just kind of left on not the greatest terms, but I'm, I'm trying to think about it fondly and positively. You know, yeah. I'm sure course. you've been there with other bands. It's, oh yeah. Do I think any, anybody who's no longer in a band, <laughs> the band that you used to be in has had, you know, at least some sort of, uh, not great experience. Um, but what, what also I was going to ask is so like when you're doing these streams and you're, you know, you're, you're playing along, you know, like when you're doing the scale of summit thing, are you just putting your dry base DI into, into the computer and playing along like that? Well, I'm actually running through a helix, which is here. So that's doing all my processing. Oh, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. I was thinking about that too. I'm waiting for the quad cortex. Yeah. That's going to be, uh, that's going to change the game. From what it looks like, yeah. Because right and now, I really want to try it. Yeah, me too. Because um, the other day, don't ever do this, by the way. Because I was trying to film content for YouTube. Yeah. Because I have my own little YouTube channel now, which is you know it's only got like five or six videos or whatever on it. Um, I went on Omegle. Oh, I saw your you posted that in a story or something. <laughs> like I'm never doing that again. I, I was like, I got to ask about this. Uh, I went on Omegle to play some tunes and it was just dry fucking bass tone. And, you know, I, I think I played bass for like maybe two people and the rest were either like little kids who didn't speak English, um, or dudes jerking off. Yeah. They got jerking off. That's like one, it's like 50% of them scrolling through. And I'm just like, and because it's random how they match, I try to put in keywords yeah, but if there's no one to match with the keywords, they will match you with a random person that yeah. has none of your keywords in there. <laughs> there's a lot of penises, oh, a yeah. lot of wieners, a lot, there's a lot of wieners, all shapes and sizes. And uh, it was uh, it was definitely a learning experience. It didn't make me feel very like good, like n- not not about the wieners, just the whole experience. I was just like, I was it was a negative experience for me and I was like I don't think I'm I'm going to do that again like kudos to the guys you know like Davey 504 or the do that go on there and play fucking guitar for people and have like a better attitude about it but I was just like this is not not for me. <laughs> yeah. That's that's hilarious dude because like my friends and I used to get on Omegle in like college and high school and just flip around and we would like put up a video of a girl and the guys would be interested and we'd flip it and it'd be like a bunch of dudes with their shirts off, which is us. And it, yeah, we'd yeah. Pit, like trolling on there. So <clears throat> that website's just hilarious. It, I can't believe it's still around. I know. Right. It's, especially with today, <laughs> yeah. that website still being up. Like 
How how has that not been shut down? Because I mean, I dude, know. seriously, like half of it was dudes jerking off, and the other half of it was just like random people who like you can't even see them. You just see like their ceiling or like their whatever's behind them. Like they're not showing their face, or like little ass kids. I'm like, how are you gonna have dudes jerking off and little ass kids on the same website? Like, yeah, something didn't go together there. Yeah, that's and and then I saw that and like, and you know, game, they're running into each other too. Which is evil. Yeah, which is terrible. It's and I think, think I think about. and which is why I I I I have a feeling that's the reason why it was when I kind of realized I'm like, oh, I ran into kids, and you know, I'm 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 here like this, you know, except I have a bass guitar, like how you can yeah. see me, you know, I'm like, hey, how's it going, you know, trying to be nice, and you know, I have like you know the Bad Wolves tag on there, I had. Uh, you know, like Davey 504 or the do or bass or memes or whatever. So I'd be like, Hey, you know, I'm, uh, I play for the band bad wolves and I'm just coming on here on a megal to see if people want me to play some songs for them. And, uh, yeah, it just turned, I was like, I was trying to be super wholesome and that is not a wholesome place. Yeah. You, you should jump on the Twitch thing, man. I, I, I bet you do super sick with it. Uh, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm figuring out my budget to build this PC so I can run, because apparently OBS just runs flawlessly on PCs on Macs, yeah. or uh, not on Macs, but on 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 PC and Windows Ten. Um, and I'm I'm definitely gonna hopefully start doing that before October. Well, fuck, it's gonna September now. <laughs> hopefully before November. Yeah. Um, I'll be on there and just. Um, Herman said that he'd help me out, so. Right on. You know, he, he would he would come. He was like, you can come on my Twitch, and then we're gonna raid your one of your one of your live streams when you go on. So nice. Um, it's the way to do it, man. Yeah. Yeah, you'll build it quick, dude. Uh, just the people you know, and like obviously just the band you're in. So I, I think it'd be absolutely worth doing. You're gonna have a lot of fun with it. You know, I'm I'm Mark Michelle, like not really in any big band, and you know, there's people showing up. So for me, that's just been fun. Yeah, it's, just, it, it's the closest thing. Like when I played that, like when I played that V album stream, I like really don't get nervous for live shows, but mm-hmm. I got really freaked out for that one. It's like my body thought I was going on stage, like all the same like heart going, yeah, yeah, yeah. hands cramping up, and I was like, you know what? I can't play a show, but this felt like the closest thing I could really do. So there was something about it that was really just like visceral. Like I felt like I was playing a show in my my studio so I, I enjoy it just because i missed the stage and that's this yeah. so far has been the best like you know replicator best for it yeah, yeah. The best well because i remember when i went the two or three songs i got to play when i was on omegle i was like fuck you should have practiced before you did this <laughs> like i'm i hadn't played some of these songs in like seven like since february yeah like and i was just like oh <laughs> you don't remember how to play yeah. this song so i'm like all right, before you do like a live stream or some of these, like you really just got to hunker down and play some of these songs. And like, I mean, oh, yeah. I've learned like, <clears throat> excuse me, I've learned newer Bad Wolf songs, but it's like, as I get older, like one thing comes in and then I lose something else. I'm like, how the fuck did I forget how to play this easy ass song? Yeah, it's bizarre. Uh, just how things commit to memory and some don't. And it's the, the and it's a song I played like 300 times, literally probably more yeah. than that. <laughs> It's not fair. Like it's always like the uh, the songs you never play you somehow remember. That that's the brain is just weird. I I find like when I was relearning V, of course, some of those songs I hadn't played them since we recorded them five years ago, and like some came back real well, and some I'm looking at the tabs like, 
I have no recollection of recording that, but I guess I did. And I don't know why or what rhyme or reason that is, but it's the brain can just be a real bitch sometimes with that. Yeah. Uh, you know when you play something like too much and then it, you get like the yips? And you like oh, it? yeah. That's the worst bullshit your brain can do. Yeah. And I do not get it. I want, I, I've been trying to look up the science of that forever. It's like golf <laughs> players who just like forget how to hold the club. It's like an extreme example, but Jesus. wacky. So what, what what's what's the uh, what's the name of your your Twitch channel? It's twitch.tv slash Lowen University, which is just okay. Yeah, yeah, my site. Uh, I was just gonna do my name, but it was taken, so I was like, well, fuck. I guess I'll just do. It There's a else. fake Mark Michelle out there. I don't know. There's, I I keep looking at the channel, and it's like, it's Mark Michelle, and no activity, and they won't delete it. So I was because I have such a weird spelling. It just makes yeah, me yeah. mad. I get pissed off when my name's taken on anything now because it's bizarre spelling. I'm like, who? <laughs> so I just I thought it, Lowen University. I thought it was Mark Mitchell for a long time until I heard Mark. you say your last name. I know you and everyone else. My name's Mark <laughs> Michelle. It's a French name. Uh, my that side of the family's from New Orleans. It's Cajun. It's French Canadian. Michel. Um, yeah. But yeah, it looks like Mitchell. I get it. <laughs> All right, so we got we got Twitch, Low End University. We got is it LowEndUniversity.com? Yeah, just lowenduniversity.com. It's and kind of my teaching site. Where where can where can the homies find you on Instagram? Hit me that follow on Instagram. It's just at Mark Michelle. So it's like the girl's name without an E on the end. M A R K M I C H E L L. And you stop there. <laughs> so I've actually thought about changing it because, like, in the music, you get, get, you get your name in articles and press, it's never spelled right. It's just like it works against me. You have pronunciations with your names at Conkiel? Yeah, it's it's it, yeah, it's, it's Conkiel. I'm sure you've gotten some weird ones though. Oh Maybe not. yeah. Uh yeah. but I'm actually surprised in the in the music industry, I've had more people pronounce my name properly than outside of the music industry. Wow. So I just think Maybe because, you know, us musicians are just so learned and smart yeah. that uh, people realize that the K-I-E-L, to... uh, the spelling of K-I-E-L is keel. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's, uh, you're, I think that's absolutely <clears throat> true. Like musicians are, we have to like pay attention to fine details. Yeah. Like, I think that's a thing. Even though I'm so. a, t- I'm a terrible with spelling and grammar, but I'm pretty good at pronunciation. I mean, I'm not perfect. I, f- I fuck shit up on the reg. So it's not like, you know, I'm perfect or anything, but yeah, I mean, but I also, I also grew up in Los Angeles and, um, when I go to like a restaurant or anything like that, especially like Mexican restaurants, um, Hispanic and Latino people, the Y and Kyle fucks them up because they don't pronounce it the same way. So it's like when they see my name, they, they think Kelly or Kile. Really? Yeah. Kile. Kile. (laughs) You ever seen that video with that uh, guy opening that Jelly Belly rat and he's talking, everything's like out of uh, normal pronunciation of a vowel? It's a creepy, like, dank meme kind of video. No, I've never seen okay. that. It, maybe somebody out there listening knows what I'm talking about. I'll have to send it to you. But he, he, he says, he pronounces Jelly Belly like g li b and he's, oh, I know what you're talking about. Like when they were, uh, he would like, like it would be like on Vine and he would go and like mispronounce stuff. Yeah. Like, uh, um, oh, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Pete yeah. Rat, Pete Gumai, Kandai. It's like <laughs> Key Lai. So it just made me think of that. It's a weird video. If you if you haven't seen it, it 
it, Don't but watch it. It's a Jelly Belly video, like a commercial for Jelly Belly. No, it's a, it's just like some weird. Oh, dude. it's just a, it's just a weird video. Okay, I, I, all right. Yeah. He's doing surgery on a Jelly. When remember Jelly Belly had those like gummy rats that were like this big. I don't fucking remember that. <laughs> Must have been short lived. I gotta send why it to you now because I just sound like an idiot. What? No, no, you don't. I just, I just never heard of that. And why the fuck would you make a giant? Gi- was it for Halloween? I don't know, man. Like, why I would you make a gigantic jelly rat? No, <laughs> I nobody wants that. You bought one? <laughs> yeah, a long time. This is kind of like ten, <laughs> ten years ago. I remember these. I gotta look these up now. That's fucking uh, insane, dude. Mark's just looking up the jelly rat. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how. I can get, yeah, you just Google jelly rat. They're in like candy wrappers. It just says pet rat jelly belly. <laughs> I don't know so, why that's so fucking funny to me. Yeah, this, I'm, this was like a thing. I'm definitely going to look that up when when, when we're done here. Because uh, actually, you know, I'm going to look it up right now. I, I can do two, two, three things at once right now. We got logic running. We got zoom running. Let's fucking do jelly rats now. Yeah, just jelly belly rat. Put it in Google and you'll see the you'll see what the packaging looks like. You could still buy them. Holy crap. Jelly belly pet rat gummy candy. Yeah. Jesus. Individually wrapped gummy rats by Jelly Belly. Includes card with fun rat facts. (laughs) (laughs) Three assorted flavors, grape, orange, or cherry. Uh, Almost nine inches. Which one did you get, grape, orange, or cherry? I got the red one. That's the one I remember That's probably the cherry. Yeah. I bet you can go to Japan and still get this candy, though. I mean, uh, looks. Do you can get them on fucking Amazon right now, dog? You can get the three yeah. pack. I'm gonna, I'm gonna check out this Amazon. How much is it for the three pack? It's eleven fucking dollars. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's premium it's product, man. Twelve in candy. <laughs> <laughs> you can get them straight from Jelly Belly for eight ninety nine. Oh, you can. Okay, all right. And there's like some some Haribo, um, sweet mice gummy candy. It's Sus yeah. Moose. I mean, it's like a, the German one. <clears throat> Jelly Belly has a gummy pet tarantula. Same idea. Dude, so my drummer John, anytime we're in the UK, he gets these things called Jelly Babies. Jelly Babies. And they're like these fucking thick gummies, but they're like they're covered in like this like chalky I don't know what it is. It's like chalky like powdered sugar or something. But this motherfucker loves or they're or no, I'm sorry. They're I think they're called gummy babies. I don't know, but we looked up like the the whole like lore behind the gummy babies, and it was just like uh, like fresh something fruit in uh, in these tasty plump baby morsels. <laughs> what the? I can't remember exactly, but there was like a whole Wikipedia on the gummy babies, and John just like went nuts over these. He's like, he's like, oh man, I can't wait to get back over there and get me some gummy babies. <laughs> Have you had one? Yeah, I mean they're fine. They're not. They're not my jam. Um, they're a little too. They're pretty dense, and um, the outer, the outer like white covering is almost like gum. Ooh, interesting. yeah. But this motherfucker will eat. Ba- oh, and yo, when he eats them, dude, like motherfucker stinks up bunk alley, dude. I don't know what's in those. I don't know. But it. It destroys his fucking digestive system and just, just chalky gl- farts. 
you can know it's his bunk by when someone farts. There's like a white cloud of white yeah. dust coming out from whatever. It's, like it's like when the gymnast or the Olympics like patting their gloves and it's going up. <laughs> yeah, God, but, I, got, I got to look that up now. Yeah, I think they're either called jelly babies or gummy babies. They might be called jelly babies. I don't know. Oh, this is je- oh, I see them jelly babies. Yeah, jelly babies. There's like should be like a wick Wikipedia something about like a plump baby in it. It's fucking ridiculous. And me and John wow. fucking were just like cracking up says, about the Wikipedia. Jelly babies are a soft type of confectioner that looks like little babies. Yeah, it comes in a variety of. <laughs> Man, whoever has to write descriptions for any candy, like dude, that's a weird. I swear thing. we saw one that said plump baby. Oh yeah. <laughs> These look tasty, actually, though. But you see what I mean? How they're like covered in like that that like white powdery shit. Weird. Yeah, it's like confection. It's supposed to be like, like it's like a baking powder or something. But it's Weird. like it kind of has the texture of gum almost. Like that's how thick these fucking things are. Mm. This is in the UK, you said. I, I believe so. Yeah, of course. Well, it's like the UK and Germany and like well, we haven't been to cool Japan. Candy, dude. I'm in. Like, fucking, I swear to God, you can find any Haribo-type gummy in Germany. Like, if they've ever made it, you can find it in Germany. I remember one time I was flying in, like, as Warwick used to fly all their artists out once a year for these, like, base camp things. And I was, like, oh, landing. Yeah, I remember that. I was landing in the, uh, I was landing at Frankfurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and taking off, like, two runways over was a Haribo plane. <laughs> with, Are like, the- gummy faces all over it. I was like, wow, that's legit. It's just they've- like a... They got their own plane, dude. It's legit. They fucking love Haribo over there. And I mean, don't get me wrong; those are the best gummy bears. We're, you know, we're not gonna, we're not, we're not gonna f- fuck around. Except for those, those sugar-free ones on Amazon that fucking make you shit your pants or whatever. Oh, I read that review, <laughs> dude. So when I was like 22, my, uh, I moved to Seattle for, uh, I think I was there for like six months or a year or something, and um, my mom sent me. This fucking five pound bag of Haribo gummies. Jeez, dude. It was seriously as big as a pillow. How long did it last? I was there for six months. They were gone before I before I moved back. Just Damn. come in, like take just like a scoopful. Like, all right, let me get some of these gummy bears. Let me get some That's of these how I am bears. with Swedish fish, dude. Those hurt my teeth so bad. Really? I feel like they're going to pull like it's going to pull a tooth out. Like free root canal. Yeah, they're they're. I think the dots are the worst candy, though, as far as that goes. Those yeah. Dots, it's yeah, like chewing yeah, yeah. tar. Swedish yeah. fish are like borderline, but they still good. Of course, I like Sour Patch Kids. Like, those are like Sour Patch soft. Kids are dope, though. They don't stick quite like the others do. But. I'm a fucking chocolate guy, man. I'm, chocolate? I've, oh, yeah. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I love I love the, the fucking the Sour Patch Kids. Those are great. I'm down with the gummy bears, but it's just like, yo, if there's any chocolate in my house... I don't care if it's mine or not. I'm going to eat that yeah. shit. You better hide those motherfucking delicious chocolate morsels from me because I will eat every single one of them. Oh, yeah. I think that's my favorite, like, universal candy when you tour Europe. It's those square Ritter, like, little... Oh, like, yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. You know what I'm Dude, in about? Germ- Germany, they got the fucking... Um, they have the marzipan ones. Oh, yeah. fuck me up, dude. Like, I'm all about marzipan. If you don't know what mar- marzipan is, so it's like chocolate, and then it's just it's this white cream. I don't know what it is, but yeah, it's just like marzipan is my shit, dog. They have it at C's. 
they have it at the the Ritter. But I mean, even the like, yo, they got Kinder Buenos over here now, dude. Really? Yeah, I, I saw. Seen. I saw. I mean, I don't know if that's just a West Coast thing, but I was at the gas station the other day, and uh, I was looking at the candy bars because you know I'm on a diet right now, so I'm, I, my body's craving copious amounts of sugar. And I look over, I'm like, yo, is that a motherfucking Kinder Bueno? Wow. And they have the, never, they have Kinder eggs that. too, but they have no toys in them because you're not allowed to have toys in Kinder eggs over here because they're illegal for some reason. Yeah. Because one, one kid choked on one and died. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. If you're ever on tour in Europe, that like there's <clears throat> there's other gourmet chocolate in Europe, but like any gas station you stop at in Europe, you're gonna find at least a few flavors of those square. And I think it was fun. I was going around all the different gas stations in Europe on a tour, like trying to find all the flavors. Like we were looking yeah. for this mint chocolate one that had like mint and cream filling. I could never oh, find. Oh, I love that one, man. I'm, I fucks with mint and chocolate so hard. Yeah, I, dude, I, it was I, so rare. It was like a dude, collectible item. I could never find it. I have some fucking mint chocolate arrows from the UK. Whoa. Yeah. I love mint chocolate. That's my jam, dude. Yeah, me too. Are you, uh, are you, um, are you a mint and chip ice cream guy too? Oh Yeah. Someone someone put up a thing on Facebook the other day. They were just like, God, now how, ca- <laughs> how can y'all motherfuckers eat mint and chip, like, <laughs> ice cream? <laughs> I'm like, it's it's great. And there's this one that this uh, that Kroger used to have when it was, like, the after-dinner mint. And, yeah. uh, and he's, like, he's like, I seriously feel like I'm brushing my teeth. And I'm just like, I was like, hey, man, it might not be for you. That's fine. More mint and chip for me. Yeah. <laughs> That's, Yeah. <laughs> Mint chocolate chip. I used to not like it as much, but like when it's like a little melting, it's so good. I love. I've, I've loved it ever since I was a little kid. I don't know why. It's just been one of those things. I just like, I fucks with heavy. I fucks with heavy. Are you a Ben and Jerry's guy? Uh, when I do eat ice cream, I, I typically don't fuck around with uh, with dairy anymore. Even though I know they do have a uh, a non dairy ice cream flavor now, uh, which boring. I heard is is it boring? <laughs> I don't know. I'm lactose intolerant too. I just deal with it when I do. <laughs> Well, no, someone sent me a picture and it looked like a like a legit like Ben and Jerry's flavor wasn't just like fucking boring ass non-dairy ice cream and there was like there was like shit in it too. You yeah, know? like almond flour cream or something. Yeah. I, and, but no, but it was like there was like cookies and shit in it cuz the dark damn. chocolate it, dark dark chocolate is dairy-free. Yeah. It's milk chocolate that has dairy in it. So you can do stuff like um you know, you can do like a vegan or dairy-free uh, dark chocolate chip cookie type or cookie dough type shit you just you know don't use butter or use peanut butter that's dairy free right yeah 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 no, there's no milk and peanut butter yeah well i do i notice a lot of people think eggs are dairy no they're poultry yeah. i used to think that too it feels like they are because well, i mean they're sold next to the milk yeah and i that's think that's a common misconception yeah it's 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 a, it's a meat byproduct so it's in it's yeah. in the it's in the meat world yeah because someone yelled at me, like, I thought you don't do dairy, but you're eating eggs. I'm like, eggs aren't dairy, dude. They, there's no milk in this. That's same what dairy is. People think yeah. mayonnaise is dairy. Well, just because eggs. those are the same people that think that yeah. <laughs> eggs are dairy. <laughs> I know. I think it's because it's white and creamy. It's dairy, you know? It's yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. I, I, know you have a, I know you have a live stream coming up, and uh, you should probably, I should probably let you go so you can get ready for that. But, um, Mark, thank you so much. Again, if you want to find Mark... He is at Mark Michelle on Instagram. No E at the end, motherfucker. Get that E out of here. 
Uh, you can check his website out for bass lessons and all things so you can become as badass as he is at lowenduniversity.com. And you can find him at Twitch at lowenduniversity. Uh, Mark, thank you so much for coming on, man. I really appreciate your time, and it was super good to finally... Uh, I know like we've texted over the over the interwebs and shit over the years, but it was nice to actually uh, at, like sit down even though we're miles miles and miles and miles apart, sit down and chat with you. It was, it was really awesome. So I do appreciate you coming on and hanging out with me, bud. Yeah, thanks, man. I feel like we've uh, known each other a long time. This is real fun to catch up. I feel like we always like pass, <clears throat> passing ships in the night at NAM or something. I remember you messaged me one year, but so this is really fun to catch up. And uh, we've been chatting a lot about Animal Crossing, too. So <laughs> Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I haven't played Animal Crossing in like four months. I just got Neither fucking... I got Super Mario 3D All-Stars. That came out yesterday, or last Friday. I need to get it. My son's dying for it, so yeah. I need to snag a copy. But I didn't even know you had kids, dog, and you got three kids? Tres. Damn, son. Uh, dude, Super Mario. I, so Super Mario 3D All-Stars, for those of you who don't know, it has Super Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine, and Super Mario Galaxy. And, like, dude, there are certain things that are as hard as I remember in Super Mario 64, but I think most of it was me being lazy and impatient and trying to get to the end of the game. Because, yeah. like, I'm doing everything. Like, I'm doing all the levels. Like, I'm getting all the stars. Like, I'm not I'm not skipping because I want to do the, the special unlock with, like, fucking... Yeah. And I remember when that game came out, there was, like, a rumor going around, like, oh, if you get the, the wingsuit, if you go on top of the castle, Yoshi's there. <laughs> and I remember right. trying to do that when I, I was... That he ain't there. Yeah, he ain't there. <laughs> I'm going to get that, but yeah, dude, uh, thanks so much for having me. Uh, I look forward to uh, checking out future episodes. This has been really fun, and uh, like my long-lost bro, I want to hang out with some over some beers sometime in the future whenever we cross dude, paths. So. Let's, get some, let's get some nice lagers and you know maybe some fucking cigars or something, and uh, you know, fucking, or a nice scotch, man. I'm always down with a nice scotch. Yeah, man, or a nice <laughs> jelly rat snack. On. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll fucking order some gummy babies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. All right, dude. We'll take care, man, and uh, yeah, we'll catch up soon. All right, dude. Have a good one. You too. Peace. Later. Hello, everybody. I hope you enjoyed my episode of the Just STFU podcast with my buddy Mark Michelle. Me and him have kind of like admired each other from afar. Probably me more than him because he's an amazing, amazing bass player. And like I said before, you should go get lessons from Low End University. If you want to become a better bass player, that's all I'm going to say. And I'm not sure if you guys noticed, but I shortened the intro music. The outro music is the same length, but I shortened the intro music. You know, when I made that, I didn't really care how long it was. I was figuring out all these little different synth sounds on my keyboard, and I'm like, no, I want it to be longer. But then I realized people probably don't tune in to listen to like a minute 15 of like my shitty synthwave stuff so I decided to just shorten it up for you guys you know if, if you like having the longer song then please let me know but if not I'll just keep it the way it is but yeah go follow Mark at Mark Michelle lowenduniversity.com uh, twitch.lowenduniversity and if you want to follow me if you're not already I don't know what you're doing you can follow me at Chaos Conkeel on Twitter and Instagram. And if you happen to want to sponsor an episode of one of my subpart podcasts, you can send me a DM on any of my social medias. Well, not any. Twitter, Instagram. Or send me an email at 
just STFU podcast at gmail.com. So until next time, it's been your boy, Conk out.